always tell people there's two worlds. The streets is a different world. In the city of North, you know, carjackings and murders, and sometimes I wake up and it's like, how much of a difference am I really making? Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Success Speak, the podcast. Your favorite host and coach, Coach Cal B. What we listen to in the background here is Best Shot, episode one. We always got on a YouTube premium. It's a show that was created and uh, hosted by Jay Williams. Not created by Jay Williams. Jay Williams is on the show. Um, our guy in the GOAT, my guy, for some of you who are LeBron haters, LeBron James and Spring Hill Entertainment, Maverick Carter. They are the uh, uh, the minds behind putting together this series. If you have not had an opportunity to check this series out, all right, it's it's really, really dope. Um, gives you some insight into a top program, inner city program out of Newark, New Jersey, where you get an opportunity to see the, what are the, the, the environments like, the elements of playing ball. You get to hear the stories from Jay Williams about him bouncing back after having a tragic career-ending injury on a motorcycle accident. And the stories of these, uh, some of the young boys on the team and what they go through and the saving grace that basketball has been for these young men that have had the opportunity and blessing to participate and be a part of this team. Um, phenomenal experience. One, one of those things that's like once in a lifetime, you, you only can dream that something like this would occur. But this is a top, top high school, uh, in Jersey for basketball, uh, LeBron James appears in the episode in the whole nine. Um, every time I watch this, I think of what I want to do in my city. I think of how I want to in- impact the young men and young women in my city through the game of basketball. And it makes you consider all the things, all the things around you that's going on. Because, you know, yeah, it's about playing ball and I love the game and you know but with all the things from amateurism and kids getting paid you just want to get back to the to, to the true the true reason why you know you ball the love of the game the camaraderie you have with your teammates and your coaches um just the energy you get from playing ball and hearing the, your, your, your classmates cheer for you you know your teachers complimenting you on how hard you've worked and how uh and the kind of job you've done representing the school. LeBron and Maverick Carter have, uh, like I said, they have Spring Hill Entertainment, and they've made a series of um, of TV shows, game shows, um, and uh, docu documentaries. Uh, even had a couple of dramas, as, as for those you might know. LeBron's going to be in a new Space Jam. But um, I mentioned all of that. Because he has one coming up soon, a couple called Shut Up and Dribble, which is supposed to be hosted by, uh, narrated by Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN. And he has another one called Unpaid that he's doing with Steve Stout, the uh, famous hip hop executive that is uh, best known for the work he's done with Jay-Z um, when Jay-Z left Dame Dash. So uh, a lot of the imagery that you've seen when, when Jay-Z started doing Budweiser commercials and all that type of stuff, that was him working with Steve Stout. And uh, a lot of you, <clears throat> a lot of the like really cool fly McDonald's commercials and things of that nature, that was Steve Stout 
given that I splash of hip hop. Uh, I say all I say because they're coming up with a documentary called Unpaid. Unpaid is talking about amateurism. All right. Um, in short, it's like the title says, a billion dollar industry where athletes play for free, the student athlete. And in the same vein, um, he wants us all to have to explore this. So Tuesday, October 2nd, HBO is going to premiere it at 10 o'clock. Now, what's kind of dope is the unpaid documentary is premiering right at the apex of uh, uh, starting high school basketball, college basketball, and the NBA resuming. Um, they're just going through their media days and starting practices. So it's going to be everybody that's hoopers going to be locked in. Um, parents lock in and go find out. Because a lot of times as coaches, I, uh, or I, as a coach, I get asked, how do I feel about getting paid? How does, you know, students getting paid to play ball? Um, I feel a certain type of way about it. Hell, I even think that at the high school level, kids should be set up for scholarship funds and things of that nature. Um, not necessarily paid, but be put in a position to advance and either have monies allocated to go towards their scholarship funds for vocational training. Just it's, it's extreme. Yeah. Um, my man, I wish you could create uh, a homeschool situation and kids could go play high school CIF regulated ball uh, because of the, the nature of the game. And some of our colleagues in the coaching world are more about winning and less about the kids. That's unfortunate. Uh, or even worse, you have some high schools where it's, it's not serious. It's not looked at as an opportunity uh, because of the budget. It's just, hey, go play. We're not really concerned about if you have a coach that knows the ins and outs of uh, the collegiate game to get you recruited. So when I'm doing this particular podcast and this particular episode, you know, when I woke up this morning, what was on my mind was, Hey, my season's about to, you know, we're going to the dead period. Season's going to start. I've been talking with our coaching on our staff because we have some uh, new young coaches and say, Hey, let's build a program. Um, and let's give our kids an opportunity. And I know one of the things that our athletic director had addressed to me was like, Hey man, some of these recruiting services are scams and he's, it's not a lie. And so I had to look into how do we go about educating our kids because of the fact that, yeah, some of these things are scams. Some of these showcases are scams. Some of these AU teams and tournaments are scams. Then there's the ones that are really good programs and really good showcases and really great tournaments that help you get college exposure, help you uh, to understand what you need to do as a student athlete to promote yourself, so on and so forth. And then they get to college. And then they go through this process. So I tell kids, you're, you're working out, you're doing all of this stuff to put in your bid for a contract. This is business. And the sooner that you can understand and accept that it's a business, you'll be pre- preparing yourself for a professional opportunity. I don't know how a lot of people feel about telling their high school student that at 14, 15. Hey, you're getting ready for a professional opportunity, but isn't it? Would it be any different if my kid wants to just be an engineer or be a welder? I'd be telling you, getting ready right now for a professional opportunity that you're going to go do some internships, that you're going to go and work with some individuals who are going to assist you. And by the time you graduate, you'll be prepared to go into that field. 
Um, so the one and dones and all of those things, it all comes into play uh, when you get to considering what this opportunity can really create for you. Um, Gilbert Arenas had said it uh, on, and what is it? It's on here, Out of Bound Complex. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a true YouTube junkie. So uh, uh, everything can be found on YouTube. That's a side note to say. Go online to YouTube and find it. Uh, it's an episode on Out of Bound where Gilbert Arena talks about being a student athlete. And uh, what is it? Pierce Simpson asks Gilbert, Gil, so did you ever, you know, receive any money, any things for free? And he was kind of playing. It was like everything was free. People give you stuff all the time. You go in the store and uh, they give you ice cream. You go into the grocery store and get a bag of chips. He's like, you know, being a student athlete, you don't get money, but you get paid in other ways. And so Simpson, Pierce Simpson says to him, isn't that, you know, considered illegal? Isn't that a violation? He says, what are you talking about? So it was kind of, you know, he was playing the line, but he was basically just putting it out there like, hey, what are you talking about, man? You know, if you're a major baller and you go to a major school, they give you stuff all the time anyway. You essentially get caught up when you act as if it's supposed to happen like this. So it makes you think about instances like Jameson Winston when he was in college with the whole crab leg incident. I'm sure that was a place where he got stuff for free. Now, I can share this because I had friends of mine who played ball in college. And yeah, I used to get all kinds of stuff. You know, I had a buddy who went to Oregon and I used to get all kinds of stuff from Oregon. You know, I had a buddy who was at SDSU, San Diego State. I used to get all kinds of stuff. Um, and they were getting all types of stuff. I can remember going to visit Eugene and he, it was just like carte blanche. He had it. He, it was not much that he couldn't ask for that wasn't taken care of. And I didn't feel, feel any type of way. I was like, this is great. This is actually the dopest thing I've ever seen. I didn't know it was like this. It should be too. Um, but when they go to bowl games, they receive stipends and, uh, lots of liberties in terms of, uh, gifts that they receive from the different sponsors of the actual bowl game. And so when you see all this money moving around as a parent, as a coach, it just made me want to understand it a lot better. How does this work? And why wouldn't I want to receive a check if they're giving out checks and, how does my student get, how do my son and my daughter get taken care of? It's when they go out here, they play ball, they blow out a knee. Where's, where's the, the get back? It's just for the love of the game. And they know this. When I say they, I'm talking about the NCAA knows this. Your college coaches know this. Their jobs are based on how well they do. Not just on a, like a high school level, like all oh, the kids are really quality people, they're character young people and they move on. No, you need to win. Uh, um, and you, you, you may get to a program. You may get to a program that's more about that winning than anything else. And you have to p select your program accordingly. Um, I say this to everyone as we go into our dead period again, and you get to understanding you, if you're a freshman, you need to be making sure you have all your core classes so that you can prepare to go to college. If you're a sophomore, you need to have your eligibility center information filled out. And um, if you're a junior, you know, you need to be about that SAT and ACT and, and making sure that everything is in order. It's the seventh semester when you get into your junior year, meaning that if by that point you have not taken all the core classes that you need to have taken, um, 
you better get on it right away. Traditionally, D1 schools um, that have had any interest in you would have reached out to you by the time you are a sophomore in high school, traditionally. Now, you might be a late bloomer freak of nature. You might be the kid who just showed up senior year and was like, ah, let's try it. And you're a baller. You're just phenomenal. Of course, there's always um, acceptance, excuse me, exceptions rather to the rule. So if you superstar, once in a, once in a lifetime generational player, and you hit the court your senior year, you'll probably end up playing D1 somewhere small. You might, but that is very, very rare. And you could still possibly end up at a junior college uh, or D2 and have to be discovered from there. All probable, all possible. It's all probable. It all could happen. Okay. Yet, I think the more educated that we become, about the process, about what the organization the NCAA is and is not, about the universities and colleges and the coaching staffs that we're going to go work with and attend. I think that once you start to do that and you have some insight about that, it just makes it clear what your decision is going to be, whether you think you need to get a check or not. Because um, if you think you need to get a check, we need to be check worthy. And I think people are like, Cal, come on, man. Like, no, sincerely, if you think you need to get a check to play your sport, um, and if it starts out with just a college stipend, you need to be worth it. And I explain this to our players all the time. Prepare yourself for that opportunity. Prepare yourself for that opportunity if that's what you want. Um, we'll have roundtables where we're going to talk about, you know, getting paid to play college sports. I'm talking about getting paid to be a water polo player. Um, it's There should be some type of balance. But when you're in a, when you're in a situation where, they're making billions of dollars. They're hosting uh, the NCAA. March Madness is basically a holiday in America. It's basically a holiday. If you're a basketball player, if you're a basketball fan, um, and that college basketball period comes around, that is all you're about during the, the months of March and April. You're all about that. Um, and it directly correlates to the NBA because as you're watching that, in March and April, then the playoffs get ready to start right after that in the NBA. Um, so they're all connected and you, you, they show you the correlation. They talk about it all the time and it's out there and it's open. Um, individuals like uh, ESPN analyst and former Duke grad and Hooper, uh, Jay Bylas talks about it. has talked about it very openly. Um, there was a, uh, and I'm going to pull it up when we do our round table, but there was an attorney who, and I don't want to uh, uh, misstate it, but what he did was he wrote up the HBCU plan as it, uh, uh, and to put you in the frame of mind of like, okay, what if the HBCU decided to just pay their players? And HBCU uh, is an acronym for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. So if you don't know the history of HBCUs in relation to uh, what they call TWIs, or PWIs, predominantly or traditionally white, all white uh, institutions, that would be the SEC schools. That would be the Pac-12s and the Big 12s. Um, these universities, they didn't allow black athletes to participate early on, okay? So, you know, and I'm, and I'll talk in the world of basketball, you have schools like Winston-Salem where Oscar Robinson was attending and then he was, you know, he goes in, he was able to go to uh, Cincinnati and play ball. 
since I don't mean, and I, and don't, I don't want to get to misquoting because I know, but it, you can correct me if you know it, leave me a message. But um, the whole get down is, is that there was a time period where all the black athletes played at black colleges. That's where you got your break at. And then when they broke the color barrier, um, it was to be competitive straight up and make more money. And so when you see that happen and now you have student athletes, uh, black student athletes who don't even consider or know anything about historically black universities. Most of these young men and women don't come from um, public school systems that were hiring a lot of African-American men and women. Um, Yet when they get to these universities after they leave their high school, you know, where they've kind of been, you know, nurtured by their community. And then they go to, you know, imagine Miami, the story of the University of Miami and, and, and the kids from Liberty City, which is the Warriors of Liberty City, which is another documentary uh, drama series that's on Showtime produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. But when you consider the culture that they come from and the culture that they're going to go into and that it's based off of their talent, um, their work ethic and the university and the NCAA getting paid. And this whole thought that you're getting a great, you're getting an education that's the equivalent to a hundred thousand dollars. You get an experience that's the equivalent to none other. The network you get to create with other, you know, being involved with these athletes, the camaraderie, you know, the experience that you have in exchange for that. Do you believe you should get a check? So I think that we definitely need to concentrate on the business. We definitely need to concentrate on having a plan before we enter into the game. Like I know with football, my boy straight up, I'm like, hey, y'all got to be warriors. You got to be strong. You got to be fast. You got to be committed. You, If you're going to play and knowing what I know now, because I wasn't allowed to play coming up. My mom was already hit. Like, hey, you're not going out there playing that game. You're not going out there busting your back up and doing all of that. And at the end of the day, I'm the one taking care of all of your, your, your medical bills. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? You didn't limit yourself for what you wanted to do while you were in high school. And that was a real point of view. She was ahead of the curve in that regard. She was not about that football life uh, and the violence of the game. And I went to a predominantly white high school. So mom's was like, nah, I don't think that I'm, I'm as excited about you going out there playing football for the school as I am as you possibly playing baseball or basketball for the school. Mom used to go so far and be like, yo, you should do badminton. She was looking at it from a a collegiate scholastic point of view, like, Hey, you can go to play run track, do another one of these sports and get you a scholarship, man. You know, but I was an academic and uh mom cracked a whip bit. She said, you still got to have grades. You got to have the grades even to qualify, even if you can dunk right now, you know what I'm saying? Cause uh, this is the nineties. So there wasn't kids going, it was all about going four years, three years to, to the college and then going to the NBA and trying to explore that opportunity. So it didn't exist like that. So this new era of where these young people can go one and done um, in basketball, you know, uh, uh, comes to life. Now I can remember stories like, you know, Moses Malone, guys like that, uh, that came right in to the NBA. Um, but then you get into our era. I think it was the first one I can recall was, was Kevin Garnett. 
that I think he was Kevin Garnett that was the first one that came in and got just a stupid amount of money. Um, but he was successful. But then you hear years later that an accountant rip him up for like 77 odd million dollars. You know, um, you would hear these, these horrible stories about these guys coming in, um, what they would experience because they were so young and they could be taken advantage of. So just from the very beginning, when you start to play nowadays, it, it, it's a lot to put on a kid. Yet if that young person, that young man is extremely talented, that young man is, can, can, and can sell out every high school stadium that he appears in to compete. And you have a situation on your hands now where we're all ESPN. So you turn your phone on and you, do, and you put your kid on Instagram and, and, and you do that over and over again, and now you got interest in school. If you're not doing that intentionally, um, then yeah, there's going to be a problem. There's a young guy, young man by the name of Bunchy Young, um, all over IG. Okay, um, he works with a uh, shout out to the organization Lace Facts out in SoCal. Where uh, he works with SoCal, he trains with SoCal out in SoCal. I'm all over the place with the uh, Lace Facts. I think Lace Facts is is a, a like a vocational program for football players. And in the same vein that IMG is that for like high-end student athletes that want to get contracts to play overseas and to play in, in, in the professional leagues uh, and they play against all the top prep schools. I think that's the same situation. He's just doing it for youth football players. So, you know, you look into Lace Facts, you'll see. You know, they, they, it's prime time. It's serious. And um, it's televised, you know, but it's televised where it's televised right on social media. And the kid, the young, the young brother, a bunch of young has been everywhere. The kid sports to illustrate it. I mean, every time I see him, he's just this great smile quotes uh, 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 from the Bible. Um, <laughs> just wonderful kid. But it's plain to see that whomever his adult figures are decided we're not going to wait for them to tell us about how we're going to do business. We're going to dictate the business from the start. So if you're the NCAA, those rules don't come into play until Bunchy decides he wants a scholarship and he fills out his his eligibility center and he sends in all his transcripts to get certified that he can, he's eligible to be a student athlete. I am curious to see how that plays out prior like now that he's done, he's doing all these things. What's it going to be like? Because you can receive, you can be a model, you can be an ambassador for a product when you are a high school athlete. Per the rules, a lot of folks don't know this. CIF rules. We can we can go out and represent a sports uh, 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 performance drink type of thing. And the rules may have slightly changed, but I know that was what Tyreek Evans had done. Um, I don't know who Tyreek Evans is with now, but Tyreek Evans played for Memphis in college. And uh, he had already had a contract that his brother had set up for him to represent like a performance drink. So a lot of people don't know these things. And so you'll hear about uh, or you'll see kids living a certain lifestyle. You're like, Man, how are they doing that? There's rules, there's loopholes. And when you find those rules and those loopholes, you recognize that everybody is getting paid. It's just whether or not you know. Um, now, on the downside of it is, you have to realize that it's a business and 
Deals go bad in business. Deals go sour in business. Right now on the episode of uh, Baller with uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, he's ex- they're exploring this whole notion of uh, the high school football player uh, negotiating his terms of which school he's going to attend. And in this particular episode, uh, Dwayne Johnson, or, or The Rock's character, uh, is negotiating the rights, the television rights, with Pac-12 schools and colleges so that this way he can cut a deal with this young man that's a high school football player. <clears throat> so it just, just the, the things that you see, now they're being revealed. Rick Pitino, Louisville, and all the money that was being passed around. It's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a lot more schools that they, they they bring the hammer down on, especially with the change of the NCAA rules and them changing it and saying that they can only have a viewing period that's very extremely limited um, and that now they're going to limit the number of uh, top players in the country that they actually invite to exclusive um, exposure showcases. So it's changing and it's evident. The money's not going to stop flowing. It's a matter of uh, if you understand where it's at and if you are serious about that, hey, I'm, I'm not playing and participating in, in a collegiate sport unless I get paid. I think you need to go and look into that. And uh, it's a lot of information out about it and see who are the advocates in it. Um, at the high school level, if you're in my city of Stockton, we don't have a pipeline that's been created for uh, the NBA. Now, we have... The G League affiliate, the Stockton Kings, is here in town. We have the Santa Cruz Warriors that's in Santa Cruz, which is about an hour away. So the opportunity to go try out exists. And I think that's where it starts at. But still, a high school kid comes to me, has the talent, and says, hey, coach, I want you to help prepare me so I can go straight to overseas or straight to the G League because I don't want to go to college. I want to get paid to play ball. Um, It would... It would be wise of me to learn as much as I can so that I can educate that player and his family. Um, High school coaches have a responsibility once the bar gets raised to raise the bar. And then once it gets raised to uh, prepare themselves for it. So it's, 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 it's a lot of moving components, yet it still exists. I know in our city, we have our girls women's basketball runs the city. Straight up. Okay. McDonald's, all Americans, all of that. Now there's a particular school that pushes all those kids out and that's university university. It might as well be one. St. Mary's high school, which is a private high school, um, known for having, uh, the nation's best on a regular basis right here in Stockton. Um, now the downside of that is, is that, like I said, Stockton basketball for all intents and purposes, like is just, that just high school basketball. Now we have the University of the Pacific here, which is a um, they're part of the Big West, or are they part of the West Coast? West Coast Conference. They're part of the West Coast Conference. Um, so Gonzaga, Pepperdine, schools of that nature. But University of Pacific um, is D one school. They don't have any male recruits other than I want to say T J Wallace, and as of recently, that was from the area that played for the school, but the girl side has just tons of local girls who 
participate in the program, as well as like at Stanislaus State and uh, Delta College. But locally, our guys just off the radar, almost non-existent. And when you you look at the opportunity for them to play at the next level, you know, it starts at our high school programs and it starts with our high school coaches and it starts with our parents understanding what opportunities are ahead of them and how to prepare for them. So I want you to go tune in to um, make sure you tune in October 2nd and watch Unpaid. I'm not getting paid, but LeBron and Maverick are hooking me up, but <laughs> go watch Unpaid. It's a, a series, amateur, not even a series, it's a movie, amateur that uh, is on a Netflix and they go into it a little bit, the process of, of what's going on. Then um, if you're curious to know about amateurism and collegiate sports, and make sure you be objective and see it, you know, try and get as much information for both sides. But there's a documentary called Schooled that talks about it on Netflix that goes into, and that's good. Like I said, it's called Schooled. And it's a documentary on Netflix that goes into amateurism and the monies around it. A lot of people don't know, like, uh, bowl games are their own entities. They're their own private like foundation entities with their own CEO who generally gets like a million bucks or so to run it. And that's the only thing that individual operates and runs the whole year. And that's the bowl game. So you go to Fiesta bowl, it's its own entity and it's a nonprofit entity at that. So a lot of big money, a lot of big money being moved around. And um, when you go to these big universities, just gorgeous facilities, just crazy, gorgeous facilities, and uh, it definitely excites any fan of the game and definitely a player or coach of the game. And um, when you see when those kids get there, they want bright lights. They want the opportunity. And they also have to come to the harsh reality that their indentured servitude doesn't allow them to have certain things, you know. So it's a very, very, very big deal. Um, all this week, like I said, I want to be bringing information I can do every day, but this weekend specifically, that's for our coaches uh, that don't have the opportunities to reach out and don't have all the resources or don't have the staff to execute like they'd want to. Okay. Um, These are some good things to uh, uh, tune into and tap into to share with your players, to share with your parents who come to you as a coach and say, Hey, I want to play college ball. I want my son or daughter to play college ball, you know, there is a schedule you can put them on as well <laughs> so that they understand. And that's the recruiting calendar um, from their freshman year all the way through their senior year. There's a way to help them uh, come to an understanding of how they will be recruited based on their talent, based on their skill level, based on their education, uh, aptitude level, based on their ACT, SAT scores, Um all that matters. All that matters. And, you know, I, sometimes you know, that's kind of obvious, but you'd be surprised, coaches, you'll be surprised at how many kids and parents are clueless to what the requirements are for them to participate in collegiate sports. And so with that being said, all right, I would like for us to uh, audience listeners, make sure it's, it's best shot. It's on YouTube uh, originals premium if you want to pay it. But if you go in and just type in best shot, it'll pop up. It's free now. Um, you don't have to pay for it. Um, if you have Showtime or Stars, uh, go on there and watch 
on October 2nd. I don't, I think that's HBO. Go on October 2nd and watch Unpaid. Go on Netflix and watch Schooled. It talks about amateurism and, and sports and all the monies that moved around. Um, and also, uh, look into, um, the NCAA.org. Download the recruiting calendar. Download the, um, recruiting guidelines and you can it's very specific to what division you're looking into and uh what gender you are so if you're playing girls basketball women's basketball they'll have that recruiting guideline as well as they'll have the calendar super duper important download it we'll be going into it heavy uh, uh in coming weeks throughout the month of october which like i said is the dead period for high school ball so we'll be going through that um to educate all of our coaches and players um, should be really, really informative for all of you. Make sure you stay tuned in, share the episodes. All right. I'll do some audio clips of, uh, other speakers from around the country that are influential, um, and drop that over the weekend. So you guys can hear those things and share those as well. It's always good to have the opportunity to share with the audience, which are my friends and colleagues. And if I don't know you and you're listening in, you're a friend already of mine. All right. So uh, make sure you download the app. If you haven't already, that's anchor.fm. Okay. You know, you can listen on Spotify. You can listen on um, Apple. You can uh, listen on several things, man. I want to name some of the site. What's up? What are, what are the other ones, man? That you can listen to on. Stitcher, Spreaker, it's a whole bunch. But do that for me, man. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Share. Have a great day today. Peace.